The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 contest for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Villagomez. Find me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Find this beautiful show on the SGPN app or wherever else you find your podcast. If you're listening to this, I don't know why hosts say that. If you're listening to this, you already know how to get the show, so you might as well just continue to listen to it there. Uh, but if there's a different way you like to do it, it might be out there. So, uh, again, we are privileged to be joined by two fantasy football minds better than mine and i am so happy to have them here (laughs) as a guest this time we're bringing him back as terrell Furman, sgp and own uh fantasy football guy and all around great guy terrell thank you for joining the show as a guest today hey yeah i'm excited super excited tony rielli hit me up earlier he said hey i see what you could do as a score people keep scorekeeper i gotta see what you can do as you know a guest a talent so i gotta show out today you know show my guy a little love yes you do and the fantasy administrator has been telling me i need to get more people involved uh from the company as guests so uh stop underusing them (laughs) so here i am uh and then of course joining me via invitation on our as was a best ball chat man that thing is so active right now (laughs) There's so many drafts going on every day. Jesse Marcello from the Bacon Games Fantasy Sports. Uh, what? Where? What? What is that? And where? What's going on, Jesse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. totally. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm Jesse. Um, yeah, the the thing came about. It was actually I just stole it from um, my uh, college um, fantasy league. Basically, um, it was we started that back in 2011. I think it's when I started college. Um, and Bacon was just like the thing back there you know they all that bacon memorabilia and all that stuff it's like oh you like bacon are you quirky and whatever uh so he's took it for that and then it's just been the thing ever since and i thought it kind of fit and uh yeah so here i am well i mean i can never ever argue bacon you just can't it's it uh, i don't think it works so uh all right so today the theme of this show is too high or too low we're going to talk about some players value versus their adp uh we want to we want to figure out if you're getting a steal or if you're going to have to or or, you know or if you get the lemon and you need the lemon law to turn it back in uh so we got 10 players as we always do three minutes on the clock when you hear this noise that means you got 30 seconds to wrap up the thoughts and the three minutes and then of course when you hear this game over that means we move on to the next player now we've kind of adjusted the last couple of weeks to now a scorekeeper so i at the end of it am going to get 30 seconds to sort of score and wrap up the final thoughts i may use the full 30 seconds i may just say who won the round it depends on what else i feel like needs to be added to the conversation so we're eliminating the final uh, five minutes worth of of scorekeeper person because i'm just gonna insert my thoughts in the 30 seconds Ooh, I think we're good. We good on the on the rules. Everybody good on what's going on? 
yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> You're like, it makes sense until we start going. Well, then it'll make more sense. So, uh, all right, let's get it. Uh, we are going to start with the first player on the clock. This guy has got a lot of controversy surrounding him. You're either in one camp or the other, and that is Saquon Barkley. His ADP right now is at running back five, overall 5.4. Terrell, kick this off and let me know what you think about Saquon Barkley. All right. Yay, look. Saquon is too low. He's absolutely too low at this ADP. Um, I honestly can't tell you there's four running backs that I'll take. There's actually maybe four, so he could be exactly where he's supposed to be. But I know for a fact I'm not taking uh, – I'm I'm taking C, CMC before him. I know I'm taking Dalvin Cook. I know I'm taking Alvin Kamara. Anybody else, you're going to have an argument with me. And here is why, because – we all know the worth of Saquon Barkley, 18.8 fantasy points in 13 games um, in an injury-written season in 2019. He, his 16-game pace that season was 300 fantasy points, which would have put him in at the RB5. And that includes four weeks of under 10 fantasy points because of injury. Like, this guy is just – that's his floor. Like, 2018, the RB5, that is his floor. And then we know what he can do as the RB1 of the season, but the season before. So I just don't understand exactly where this ADP is coming from, unless you automatically think that because of what this talk that they're having out of the Giants camp, out of Saquon Barkley's camp is true, and that he won't be ready for the season. But I think that, you know, they're blowing a little bit of smoke up us, and he's going to be ready. I think he's going to be ready, and he's going to show out. The only thing you're really hoping for in that ADP at taking him that low is injury and injuries are nonlinear. So he could be completely healthy like a Dalvin cook and then come back and be the RB one RB two on the season. Jesse weigh in buddy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with a lot of what you said, man. Um, I have Saquon as my number two running back this year. So he's a little bit too low at five for me. Um, I, he might be number one by the time we get, you know, close to the season. We'll see how I feel. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've seen what Saquon can do behind even, like, a really bad offensive line. Um, you know, the Giants are getting back Nate Solder. We'll see if he's, you know, available and good. I really do like Andrew Thomas. I mean, I know he wasn't as good as the rest of the tackles that went in the first round of last year, but I still think he's a very talented player. Um, I, I don't see a lot of reasons besides injury to keep him out of, like, the top three. Really? I mean, if we look next, it's like, what, like, Dalvin Cook? We know he has injury issues. Um, I, I mean, Alvin Kamara, like, we're not really sure what the situation is like there. I, I just, Saquon, it doesn't really matter the situation for me. As long as he's healthy and out there, he's going to be a great player. He's been insane since college. I'm a Penn State fan. I've watched him, you know, his entire career pretty much. Um, he, He's it, it, insane to me. I know people are, you know, talking about... Um, they care about like Najee and like his like offensive line situation stuff like that. Like I, I don't care about Saquon's any of that stuff. It doesn't matter to me. He's great. He's going to be perfect for your team. Take him as soon as you can. Well then, <laughs> I think you guys made a, a short and concise uh, thing. Yeah, here's the thing. So I'm going to give this round obviously to Terrell because he, he laid out the first argument. It's two to one. I I, I know that uh, when you start talking about Saquon, whoa. That's see, that's new. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I'm trying this timer on the computer and I don't want it there. Now I'm going to mute that. Okay. All right. So that was a new sound. Uh, yeah. When you started out about Saquon Barkley, again, injury is the thing. Um, I'm still squeamish on him. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like maybe he is, it, I don't know. Maybe it is because he's, he's going to be 
behind an offensive line that's not very good. I don't know. I have so many issues about Saquon. I'm not necessarily sure that I'm going to take him, uh, even at RB5. But if he falls to me in a draft, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say no. I mean, you can't look a gift running back in the mouth. So, uh, All right. So we have now Terrell, two, Jesse, one in our first round. So let's move on, shall we? Let's move on to... Ezekiel Elliott, yet another polarizing figure in this running back camp. Uh, this time we're going to start with Jesse. Uh, running back seven is where he's going, 7.6 overall. So, Jesse, uh, begin the discussion on Ezekiel Elliott. Um, yeah, I think this is another pretty simple one. So, he's my fourth RB right now. Um, so, I guess I'm a little bit higher than it seems consensus on here. Um, I what, I think my draft philosophy is a little bit different than other people's too, especially in the first round. I want to get someone who is safe and not going to kill me. You know, they say that you can, uh, you you can't win a draft, in, you can't win your league in the draft, but you can lose it. I don't think I'm losing any drafts if I'm taking uh, Ezekiel in the first round. You know, we're getting back um, Lyle Collins uh, this year, right? So he should be hopefully back to whatever it is. They still have Zach Martin. Still think this offensive line is very good. It's not, you know, back to where it was. When Zeke was like dominating the league when he came into the when he came into the league, but I still believe in it. This offense is going to be high powered. I think some people are maybe afraid that it's going to take away from Zeke. You know, with Dak throwing to you know Cooper Lamb, Gallup, all the great guys they have out there. Um, but I think a good offense, you know, all ships or a high tide, whatever rises all ships, that kind of thing, whatever. Um, I'm I'm in that for Zeke. I think he's very safe. I think he's a great first round pick. I don't think you can go wrong with him. Um, he doesn't have the injury concerns. I don't think other people do, to be fair, um, in in that area. So I'm kind of just, you know, going for the straight, narrow, the safe bet. And I think Zeke is that. And I think you you just can't go wrong with taking him in the first round. It's all you, Terrell. Okay, so apparently um, the fantasy community, had Will Smith has come down with the men in black and hit everybody with the neuralizers. And people forgot, you know, who Ezekiel Elliott is and what this guy is in the production he has had for a long time. And the production he had even in a ridden, injury-ridden, terrible season last year. But good thing. Thank you for the world. Thank you for the community. I was spared so I can sit here and remind you all exactly who Ezekiel Elliott is. The truth is that you all forgot is that Ezekiel Elliott's week one through five was the RB3 in fantasy last year. Before Dak went down in week five, he was the RB3 in fantasy this year, last year. And three of those five weeks, he was the RB7 or better. So, of course, he's going to outplay this ADP of RB7. There's a whole bunch of guys that I'm just not taking him for. Uh, like um, Jesse said earlier, they had the offensive line issues before the season even started. Tra- Travis Frederick retired and Linnell Collins went down with a hip injury. Boom. Two all uh, all pro pro bowlers right there. Then you have Tyron Smith go down with the neck injury, another all pro person. Then you have Zach Martin go down with a calf injury, another all pro. You cannot replace that uh, type of production. And it's just not too many guys that I'm taking ahead of Zeke. Uh, he gets the passing down work. He um, was fourth in the league in targets in 2020, ninth in 2019, and fifth in 2018 with 70 plus overall. In every single year, like this is this is easy. I said that there was only three guys I was taking for Saquon. Uh, Zeke is in the conversation of he might be that fourth guy I would take for Saquon. Ooh, man. So you would you I was about to ask you that. That was actually my next question. Would you take Ezekiel Elliott over Saquon Barkley? And and your score depends on your answer to this question. So go for it. Uh, I would take Zeke before Saquon Barkley only if 
Saquon <laughs> was already gone. So I guess I wouldn't have the opportunity. Um, I'm just really high on Saquon this year. I'm a Giants fan. You know, I want to root for the guys that are on my team. So if Saquon's on my team, I can root for him twice. But I mean, Zeke finishes the RB9 last year. Like that's his floor. That is his floor. I think Saquon has a slightly higher floor just because he he's going to get more of the work in the passing game than Zeke does. But Man, Zeke does it all. Zeke does it all. There's no reason he should be falling past RB5. All right. Well, you got the score this time. You got two to one because of the men in black reference. I'm sorry. I, any Will Smith reference is going to instantly win you around. So, Jesse, you got a little work to do. It's four to two right now. Uh, so make sure your men in black references are coming hot and heavy. And speaking of men in black, Najee Harris in the black and gold is going to be our next topic of discussion. Running back 11 right now. I'm not sure. Uh, anything about this guy i don't know why he's as high as he is uh but maybe somebody can enlighten me on that one so we'll start with terrell right now you my friend are leading off this Najee harris uh conversation and really i'm in agreement as well uh i i don't understand it i actually made an argument of why Najee harris wouldn't even be my 101 in rookie draft so i'm definitely not liking him at this rb11 price uh it, overall uh, he's just he's being drafted at his ceiling guys like uh do you know how we're talking about the other guys and being drafted at their floor probably he's being drafted at his ceiling and there are guys who are going behind him that I love ahead of him like I love Antonio Gibson before him I love Claudio Rosilaire before him and you can make the argument for DeAndre Swift and another guy we're going to probably talk about a little bit later so that they should all be going ahead of him either the Steelers were 30th in rushing attempts last year last in rushing yards last in yards per attempt and then their best run blocker on that terrible run blocking line is now in Baltimore and Andrew Villanueva. Uh, so I just don't really see where this is really coming from. I understand people have done it with bad offensive lines before, but that was Saquon Barkley. And I'm not saying that Najee Harris is on the level that Saquon Barkley is on. So I think this is just too high for me. Uh, I can't see myself having too many shares of Najee Harris this season at this ADP. Ooh, um, yeah, we agree on a lot of stuff, man. Um, I'd, I'd like to take a little bit of a fight team, but man, I, I just totally agree. You know, Najee's my 19th uh, running back on my big board, uh, on my, my draft board. I am not a fan. I think, actually, he's he's really good uh, in Dynasty going forward. He's in a really good situation, I think, um, you know, in the future. And I think he can progress as a, a running back more than what he is now. I think he's a little bit raw. So I'm not really in on it. Yeah, um, you know, the Steelers had a bad offensive line last year, but people don't realize it can get worse. And I think it will. I think they're starting center uh, Kendrick Green, who they drafted in the third round at center this year. Um, I, I don't know how well rookie centers have done uh, in the past few years, but I know Cushenberry hasn't been good. I know Bradbury hasn't been good starting uh, for their respective teams at center as rookies. And those guys were first round picks. Um, I'm not excited at all about Najee. Uh, I think the Steelers throw 600 times every year, and people are expecting guys like Deontay Harris, Chase Claypool, and Juju to all be like top 36 receivers. Um, I, I just I don't know how Najee fits in there. People say he's a good pass uh, catcher, and I, I kind of agree with that. He's pretty good in space. Um, I'll definitely look at that. But um, he can't pass block, and I think that will keep him off the field at certain points if they're throwing 60 or uh, 600 times this year. So I'm really just – I'm not interested in a guy who has zero snaps in the NFL going in front of guys like – Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, um, Jonathan Taylor, even Clyde Edwards, Solaire, Derek. Like I, I'm just, I'm not in on it. No thanks. Too much risk, and people are taking him in the first round. No thanks. 
I just wonder why, why in the world that they are putting that much faith in a guy like him to, to put him in the top 15. It doesn't make any sense. He has, again, like you said, he hasn't proven himself. The, the doggone Steelers, ever since they lost Le'Veon Bell, seem to have lost any sort of uh, identity at running back at all. And so here they are trying to resurrect it with a rookie uh, with Big Ben Basically, on his way out the door, uh, there's no way Big Ben lasts too much longer. I, I love the guy. I love his grit, but doggone it if he is not going all the way out this year. And he may not even make it through the year should he get injured. So you're talking about drafting a guy uh, in, what, the second round or so, the, the late second round, beginning of the third round, that may not even be, I don't know, a flex for you most of the weeks. So... Yeah, I'm not drafting him as an RB2 at all. Uh, speaking of somebody else that I may not touch, but you guys may have different opinions on, is Joe Mixon. He's going off at running back 13 right now. Overall, 21. <laughs> there are so many Joe Mixon truthers out there. I don't know if either one of you are one, but um, let's see. We started with uh, Terrell last time, so we're going to start with Jesse this time. Uh, tell me about Joe Mixon. Jesse, explain to me your your love or hate for Joe Mixon. <laughs> Yeah, I am a Joe Mixon truther, I think. Um, I've been hurt before. I'm ready to get hurt again. Um, I just, I think this goes back to my, like, uh, draft philosophy, too, like I mentioned before. I don't want to get burned in the first round. Joe Mixon, you know, he's gotten hurt. Sure, I get it. People have been hurt by him, stuff like that. But if he's healthy, he's absolutely fine. This offense is going to be another high-scoring offense. I totally believe that. I'm high on Joe Burrow, high on T. Higgins. People are high on Jamar Chase. You know, we'll talk about that maybe later. Um, But... I, I just I believe in Mixon. We've seen him do it before. He's gotten a thousand yards two years before he was hurt last year. He's been a fine running back. He's not exciting. I get it. People in fantasy want to score big on guys like rookies, like we mentioned, Najee Harris. People want to be like, oh, I'm so much smarter than you. I know what I'm doing. Like, screw these guys who were who were good in the past. Whatever. It's all about the new faces. I don't care about that. Joe Mixon is a good running back. He's going to be 25 this year. He's been good in the past. They have a better offensive line. I totally believe in that. I like Jonah Williams. I. I I just I don't know why people are fading him. I think they've just been burned in the past. I think people are too reactionary in the fantasy community, and they only look at last year, and they don't care about anything else. And that's not me. I, I do care about what they've done in the past. He's proven he's been a guy. He's safe as fuck in the first I'm sorry. I don't know if I can curse. He's safe in the first round, and I really just I, – I, I don't know why I wouldn't take him there. I know he's not going in the first round, but I would absolutely take him in the first round. Not close for me. JTRL, it's all you, buddy. Hey, uh – it's again another instance with the neuralizers and people are forgetting what Joe Mixon has done in the past. He is RB 13 in 2019, the RB 10 in 2018. Um, but this is still a little bit high for me, just a little bit. Uh, he's proven he can be an RB1 in fantasy. He proved that week four in Jacksonville uh, where he finished a week of RB1 and had like 40-plus fantasy points. Um, but this, this offensive line situation is the same thing as Pittsburgh. They're just maybe a little bit better, maybe, um, because Pittsburgh was just abysmally bad. They're not abysmally bad. They're just bad. Uh so I really don't know what this offensive line is going to look at. They had the opportunity to draft the offensive line. They went for Jamar Chase. They said that they trust the guys that are there. They feel like the guys that are there can get them through the season. They signed a pro bowler in Riley Reif uh, to fill in at a tackle spot. And this is probably going to be a unit that's somewhere between 20 and 25 ranked in the league. And uh, that really doesn't help me for my outlook of Joe Mixon. But to say there's still a few guys that I would take ahead of him at this ADP. Like I would take CEH ahead of him. I would take DeAndre Swift ahead of him. Like there's a number of guys I would take ahead of him at this ADP. So I'm not really on him right here. I think if he was a little bit later, I would love it. But 
right here, I think there's a few more guys behind him that I would still like ahead of him. I don't know that I like this Cincinnati. I mean, look, I know that I'm probably one of the the few folks that don't necessarily get excited over the Cincinnati offense at all. Uh, I know that there's people. I know, I know. It's just I, I don't know. Color me, color me a guy that's an NFC fan, but I'm not. I'm not a huge Bengals like truther. I don't think that Joe Burrow excites me all that much. Uh, I know that running game didn't really excite me much last year between Geo and Mixon. So I don't know whatever you can you can everybody can hate me if they want and and tell me that i'm horrible but uh again that that cincinnati offense is not something that that really excites me uh and we'll move on to another offense that doesn't excite me i don't know if it excites you guys but uh i know that david montgomery is part of that chicago bears offense that uh i'm sorry but first of all they stole my quarterback so screw them um and second of all i just again i don't i don't necessarily enjoy it so rb18 34th overall, a lot of guys love Montgomery. Terrell shaking his head. You don't love Montgomery, so let's let's find no. out why. No, I absolutely love David Montgomery. I'm over here lacing up my boxing gloves because I'm about <laughs> to get into a fight with everybody in the fantasy community for whatever reason that David Montgomery is the RB, the 18. In ADP right now, he is probably becoming one of the more forgotten, disrespected running backs in fantasy. And it's because people don't remember. Like, this is the theme. People do not remember. David Montgomery was the RB4 last year. <laughs> he finished as the RB4 last year. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. He dominated rushing touches. He got the passing game usage. Even when Tariq Cohen was not was in the game before Tariq Cohen went down, he was still he still saw three targets per game. Like, those are valuable targets. And I only expect that to either keep that workload or go up in the passing game. Uh, they realized what they really, really had in David Montgomery after that bye week. From week 12 on, he was the RB1 in fantasy last year. He was an absolute monster. He was doing it all. And I'm expecting, I'm not expecting that he's going to be RB1, RB4 territory for the duration of the whole year. But when, especially with Tariq Cohen coming back into the fray, they got uh, Daryl Williams now. Um, but Man, I can't see anybody taking touches from this guy. Absolutely not. They want him to be a bell cow. They want him to do all of this. And then don't let Justin Fields come in, play quarterback, because now you have to worry about the athleticism as Justin Fields as well or David Montgomery. I'm just sitting on my soapbox, and I'm going to go ahead and say it right now that David Montgomery is going to be a top 12 running back this year. He is Ooh. going to be. I will call it. All right, Jesse, what do you got? Yeah, we keep agreeing. I love it. Um, yeah, uh, David Montgomery is actually my RB10, so I'm a big fan. Um, we talk about, you know, you know, uh, percentage of offensive snap share, all that stuff like that. People like look for like the golden child of Derrick Henry. I mean, if we talk about going up from like week seven or, or even week five, I see 81%, 85%, 83%, 84%. And this just keeps going all the way down. It is insane how much he's on the field for offensive snaps. And I just love it. You know, I, I keep talking about offensive lines because I, I like watching film and I like watching offensive lines. Um, the Bears were not that good last year. They were okay. Pretty decent run blocking. But David Montgomery, I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm 99% sure he led the NFL in broken tackles. And I know people, you know, don't look at that stat as much as they do other things. But I think creating space um, or creating stuff when your offensive line can't do it is shown in stats in broken tackles. He had, uh, let me see, he had 29 yeah, broken tackles, rushing the ball, and he had 11 catching. Uh, he, he's a monster. If you look at him on film, he's a monster. We talked about he's the RB4 last year. We talked about people being reactionary, you know, men in blocking themselves. 
Um, this is another guy that I, I'm absolutely screaming that I'm taking in the second round because I don't want anyone to touch him in the third round when I think people are starting to think about taking him. I'm just, I'm a big fan. The talent is there. He was the 12th ranked RB um, for pro football focus or pro football yeah, focus. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm a huge fan. I, I don't know how he can't be. He's also the classic Bears runner and I love it. He, he remin- he's reminiscent of the Thomas Joneses of, of yesterday. All right. I realized I haven't awarded a round in a while, so I'm going to give this one to Jesse because of his broken tackles. I love I love watching running backs break tackles. Running back is one of my favorite positions. Actually, it is my favorite position uh, in football. I love uh, a good running back, and I love watching them do everything, and I love them break tackles even more. So, uh, all right. We have finished the first five of the, of the show. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to let some ads roll, and then we're going to come back and hit the next five. Uh, I did not do this on purpose, but they're all wide receivers. It's kind of crazy the way this happens. So uh, we're going to come back, talk about five wide receivers, either too high or too low. So uh, just hang tight and we'll be back after this. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. You can get in on all your favorite teams, all your favorite players, and your favorite sports games. And right now, generous promos, odds, parlays happening at WinBet right this second. So get started today. You're going to receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions, as always, apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds on NBA championship and MLB futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. If you see a ticket, you don't like the price, you think it's too high, you can submit a price that you think is fair, then you can buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is actually worth. Two weeks ago, a PropSwap customer sold a $500 40-to-1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket for $16,000. That's after the Suns went up 2-0 in the finals. A 30-time return for the seller. And adjusted odds of negative $400 for the buyer. So every sports book in the country had the Suns at negative 500, not prop swap. They hooked you guys up. So with prop swap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. So think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. And when you use that promo code SGP on your first deposit, you're going to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. So go to propswap.com right now. Download the prop swap app today. While you're at it, make sure and head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN. You get a free $25. That's right. You sign up now for free. You get a shot at $1 million for free. Have I said that enough? So head down to the uh, underdogfantasy.com right now. Download that app. Sign up. Use the promo code SGPN. Get your free money. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and the Google Play Store, and it gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts. Guess I ran out of breath during that one. (laughs) What I meant to say was download the app, leave us an app review, listen to this podcast and all that other good stuff. Ah, wow. Live radio. You gotta love it. All right. So we are returning now for a, uh, another five players as we always do. Again, like I said, I didn't mean to do this. It just sort of happened this way. And we're doing five receivers now, uh, that we're lining up that are too high, too low. So far, uh, the fight's been good. It's been fair. It's been clean. Uh, but let's start with somebody that I am 
going to probably brace myself for. This is Amari Cooper, who's going off at wide receiver 16. The disrespect on this guy's name. 41st overall. I know Sean and uh, and Kramer love it because it's a cowboy and they love how low he is. But, uh, Jesse, I want you to start us off by letting us know what you feel like, Amari Cooper. Is he too high, too low, just right? Where he's my wide receiver seven this year. Um, I think the disrespect is ridiculous. I don't understand it. Um, I'm also probably um, a, a lot less high on uh, CD Lamb than other people are. I think he kind of hits his cap around a thousand yards. Um, you know, a good amount of reception, so I get that in PPR and stuff like that. But I think his slot role is pretty well defined, and that's kind of what he does. Amari Cooper has the entire you know world ahead of him, his entire future ahead of him dude he he gets at least like 130 targets every year in the nfl he's still only 26 years old it might feel like he's like 30 but he's only 26 years old still i think he'll be 27 by the time he's already 27 now but he is oh like i just i don't know where people just you know decided that cd lamb is automatically going to be the best wide receiver on this team and, and that's what it is Dak loves Amari. Who doesn't love Amari? He's a great alpha wide receiver who does it pretty much anywhere you can do it. He's done it in Oakland. He's done it in Dallas. He even did it with crappy quarterbacks last year. I, I just I just don't understand why people aren't in love with him like I am. It really bothers me. But uh, maybe people are just higher on CeeDee Lamb. Maybe people think Gallup is going to take more targets away. But we saw what they did last year when Dak was healthy. I, I don't know why Amari can't do it again. Uh, he's he's a great wide receiver. Um, there's a lot of great wide receivers though, so I get it. People are a little more down. They like other guys a little bit better. I think wide receivers just absolutely stacked this year, and I'll probably say that a few more times. So if you're a little bit lower, I kind of get it. But I mean, Amari in that offense with Dak, there's just no reason to doubt him. He's one of the safest wide receivers out there. What do you think, Terrell? <laughs> nah, man. Finally, we're on a disagreement here. I mean, I am no. I think it's. It's probably this ADP is probably right about right. It probably is. But am I going to go along with the ride for this? No, absolutely not. I'm not going along with the ride. This Amari Cooper will not be the person that I draft that I sit here and say, wow, this guy really cost me a championship and I won't let it happen because I won't draft him there. The inconsistencies of Amari Cooper are noted. And this has been years of progression. One year in last year where he was not as inconsistent is not going to make me forget all the other years he was inconsistent. In 52 games for the Raiders, he was a top 12 wide receiver 13 times in 52 games. Outside the tw- top 36 on 29 times. Like this absolutely ridiculous, the up and down that this guy really has. And then it didn't change when he got to Dallas. So don't think that, oh, he was in uh in with the Raiders and it was like that because of the Raiders system. The Raiders were not that good of a team. No, he got to Dallas and did the exact same thing. First time, uh, first game, 58 yards and a touchdown. Came back, wasn't a top 12 receiver again until week 12. I just cannot go for the ride of this guy. So at the end of the season, will you tell me that he's a top 15 guy? Maybe I believe that, but there's probably a bunch of weeks where he fell outside the top 36 and really burned you. And I'm just not going to go along with that. Yeah, I think company line means that I have to give uh, Terrell that one because it's a cowboy. So, um, yeah, whatever. You know, I feel like this is whose line is it anyways? Or whose line is it? Yeah, that whose line show where the points don't matter. It's just all about the fun that we're having. So uh, that, that's exactly where we're at. So I'm just going to throw uh, a million points. So see, this show evolves. Even as we're doing it, the show's evolved. So uh, instead of instead of actually scorekeeping, we're doing whose line is it anyways where uh, we're just tossing out points at random. So uh, yeah, uh, 100 points for Terrell. 
and 200 points for Jesse, uh, just because I, I feel good about that. Uh, and Amari Cooper, yeah, as far as that's concerned, Cowboys are not loved in this in this company, and me as a Niner fan don't love Cowboys, but I feel bad for Amari Cooper. I feel like he could be a better receiver than, um, than people are letting on or people are drafting him as. But unfortunately, whatever it was, uh, especially on the Cowboys, I don't feel like I've seen that happen. Uh, but let's move on to the next receiver that we have. He is the world champion uh, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Chris Godwin. I love this guy. He's going at wide receiver 18, which makes me scratch my head. I know Mike Evans is a thing there, but uh, I'm going to let Terrell start as he rolls his eyes at me. So <laughs> I don't think he agrees. Chris Godwin, Terrell, tell me what you got. This is absolutely too low. Like, this is actually comical at this point for me with Chris Godwin. Like, so last year, everybody drafts this guy as like the wide receiver five, wide receiver six, because he was the wide receiver two last year. Like, you have to leave some room for margin of error when you're drafting. Like, we cannot just, we remember what just happened. Like, what just happened. And what just happened was he was the wide receiver two, and people were taking him super, super high in drafts. And then he flopped. He flopped. It was un he got injured. And then even when he didn't get injured, there's no way he was living back up the wide receiver too. That was the absolute ceiling. Everything went right for him that season. Whereas here we are, another season, he fell outside the top 30 of wide receivers because he missed 25% of the games. And then, but when he got into the game, people don't remember because they didn't play him when he got into the game. Luckily, I did. And when he got into the game, he was pretty good majority of the time. Like, Chris Godwin is still good. They still have Tom Brady, at quarterback, who doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. And there's no way that they're, they're going to isolate any type of defense to any one of these receivers in Tampa Bay. Like, Mike Evans is going to get his. Chris Godwin is going to get his. Uh, Antonio Brown is going to get his. And Chris Godwin profiles is the guy in that offense who is going to dominate the targets like he's gonna get more receptions he may not be the explosive guy and break down the field majority of the time but he's gonna get a whole bunch of receptions in that offense i absolutely love chris godwin at this adp because now again another overreaction of what happened the season before he's probably gonna be a top 15 top 12 wide receiver when everything's said and done jesse what are you thinking yeah, I'm I'm definitely um, higher on Godwin than the ADP. Um, wide receiver 18, he's my wide receiver 13, maybe 14th-ish. Um, um, I'm a fan, definitely, with the talent. Um, I love Brady. I love that offense. It's a little tough when you have guys who are like Antonio Brown, who I still think is actually really good people are underrating him, um, and, and Mike Evans. But yeah, these guys played hurt last year. Evans played a lot hurt. You know, Godwin missed four games last year. Um, it's it's hard for me to to, like, say bad things about Godwin because there aren't a lot, and you said a lot of good things I, I think that are appropriate, so it's kind of hard for me to say much else, but I, I like the talent there. I think if you're worried about the target share, I kind of see that, but I think Godwin might be the best receiver on this team, so I'm not super worried. I don't think Brady's going anywhere. There was a report that he played injured last year or whatever, and I also like Kyle Trask, so I don't think there would be, like, I mean, there might be a drop-off, a pretty decent drop-off, but, you know, even if there is, I still like Trask with this offense. It's a really good offense. The offensive line was also the best in the league last year. I don't see that changing at all. Um, they have a good defense, so I get maybe you're concerned about them running the ball a lot, smash-mouthing with Leonard Fournette. I get that, too. Um, and Rojo, who I think is a way better running back, but, I mean, money just hits you in the face sometimes, and that can be useful. Um, so I kind of get why people are a little bit lower, but I'm definitely higher, and I like him. Maybe it seems a little tepid, but that's because, God, I mean, Godwin's going in my rankings with, like, guys like Justin Jefferson, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans. Like, there's a bunch of guys that I like otherwise, so I kind of get why it's a little bit lower, but I, I take him higher. 
250 points for Jesse for sticking with that offensive line narrative. I love it. He has continued to be uh, on that line and he's going to stay there. You need uh, time to throw. <laughs> well, hey, listen, and Fournette may not be a, a factor as we're getting news about his uh, his worrisome tweets here and there. I don't I mean, I don't know what to make of it. And I don't think we will know what to make of it until we get closer to time. But um, if Fournette is gone, I, I don't know. I, that that just cues up um, a whole world of questions that I don't think we're ready to answer yet. So, uh, all right, let's talk about uh, DJ Moore, right? He's going off at wide receiver 23. And I don't know, is this too high? Is this too low? Jesse, we're going to start with you. What are you thinking? Um, this is exactly where I have my rankings. He's my wide receiver 23. Um, he's had two really great seasons back to back with um, some not great quarterback play, especially for you know the deep ball guy that I think he can be or or will be. Um, you know they they can use him all over the place. I love Matt Rules as a coach. He's probably one of for sure. It's Matt Rule, right? He's a guy from Temple that came in. Whoever the coach is, I love him. Big fan. Um, I think Darnold gets you know a better shot here with a better offensive line, a better offense. Um, better weapons, even though he does start Robbie Anderson again. Hopefully he can use him correctly, like Adam Gase did not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like what I've seen from him. You know, he's the reason why he probably doesn't show up high on like, you know, past, you know, um, uh, uh, whatever rank final rankings is because he not score that many touchdowns. But I don't really see this as a problem. You know, the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill, who's a speedster, who's a really good guy around the line of scrimmage, you know, as a pretty decent red zone threat because he can just move really fast around the end zone. I think if they're able to use DJ Moore kind of like that, his shifty ability, his ability to be, you know, a, a kind of all, all sorts of weapons will get him more touchdowns. And, and I really think that if you want to take him higher, you're fine. If you want to take him lower, he's right exactly where I think he needs to be. So, you know, because there were some things with Darnold, I get it. There were some things in not scoring touchdowns, but I mean, he's had two really, really great back-to-back seasons. I, I don't know why people would be down on him, but I think this is just the right spot. Terrell, what are you thinking? Yeah, I don't think that the Carolina Panthers, Matt Ja Rule, or uh, freaking um, Joe Brady are getting enough credit for what they did with this Panthers team last year, and especially what they did for fantasy. For one, DJ Moore is way too low here for me. I think this is the floor for DJ Moore. I think that there is no way that DJ Moore is not a top top 25 wide receiver, and then his upside is vaulting all the way into the top 12, like for many reasons that Jesse said that if those touchdowns come up, of course he's going up. If he gets even more receptions this year, because not only did he have more reception yards that he did in that wide receivers uh, 16 campaign the season before, but his, uh, his receptions and his targets went down and he still put up more reception yards. Like he is a phenomenal talent, a phenomenal talent at wide receiver. And now you bring in Sam Darnold who, escapes the curse of Adam Gase. He gets rid of, he gets rid of the curse. He has gotten that weight off of his shoulders of Adam Gase. And now we saw what happened to Ryan Tannehill when he got rid of Alan Gase. Ryan Tannehill we're talking about as a top 12 uh quarterback every single every single day, every single week and week in week out. So now I can see the same input for Sam Darnold and the final thing I have to say is just think about this Carolina offense. They had three top 25 wide receivers last year. Three. And now one of them is in Washington. Wow. All right. Thousand points for Terrell for dropping Ja Rule into there. Uh, any, gotta love Ja Rule. 
yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. DJ Moore is one of those guys where, go ahead, let him go at wide receiver 23. I'll snatch him there. I will I will feel comfortable taking him if he falls to me at, at 23. I don't know that I'm going to reach for him uh, more than that, but I, I, again, just because Sam Darnold. Look, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't f- sleep well at night if I know that Sam Darnold is my quarterback. Uh, and I want him to prove me wrong. Like, I don't want to be right about this, but uh, something about Sam Darnold is not making me uh, want to say lullabies to my kids at night for singing Sam Darnold songs. Um, so we talked about Najee Harris. Let's move over to Juju Smith-Schuster, who could very well find himself in a quarterback situation along the lines of a Sam Darnold, uh, where we don't know what the heck's going to happen with Big Ben. So let's see, who did we start with last time? We started with Jesse, right? I think so. Let's move to Terrell. Terrell, Juju Smith-Schuster, it's on you to tell us if he's too high or too low at wide receiver 30. Yeah, he's absolutely way too low at wide receiver 30. I just dropped the nugget about um, uh, the Carolina Panthers supporting three top 25 wide receivers. The Steelers supported three top 25 wide receivers as last year as well. And Juju led the way, believe it or not. Everybody talks about Deontay Johnson and the uh, amazing target share that Deontay Johnson gets. Juju Smith-Schuster makes what he does of his targets and vaulted them to, what, a top 15 top 16 finish last year yeah top 16 finish last year which nobody would have expected from juju i think that wide receiver 30 is way too low that's possibly the floor for juju says suster we talk about the offensive line and how bad they were run blocking but pass blocking they were pretty good last year they were like middle of the road last year in in pass blocking they just couldn't do anything running the ball and now we have big ben who's coming off of year two of that tommy john surgery and i'm not that biggest of a, a baseball head but i do know that year two that tommy john surgery is normally the better year for a picture and how that arm looks and so now we get big ben with possibly a little bit better of an arm i don't know how much we think of him overall and how much he'll be better overall but if that arm is better than all the crazy pass attempts they had last year and that run game doesn't get going even with Najee harris and even if it does get going with Najee harris i can still see that this is just enough of a passing game um where they can support Again, another three top 25 receivers, and I think Juju fits in right in the middle of, hey, I'll probably be a top 15 to 20 guy. I'm not going to kill you any weeks, but I'm not going to go out and uh, give you wide receiver one performances. So I really like Juju here. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, um, I have Juju actually a little bit lower, but maybe I should be higher on him. Um, They're just, like I'll say it for the 15th time, there are so many good wide receivers this year. I'm waiting as long as I can and taking wide receiver in like the fourth, fifth, sixth round, and I'll be very happy with those guys I get there. Um, but Juju has a really defined role in this offense. I think it comes down to Ben Roethlisberger throwing six hundred passes. Juju having probably around 100 catches this year, like he's had in the past two years when he's healthy. Um, and the fact that he's young and he was like the dynasty, like wide receiver seven, like two years ago. Dude, how easy people forget, man. We talk about this for the 15th time again, too. But he's still really talented. He's 24 years old. He's 25 years old, whatever. He's, he's a good wide receiver in an offense that has a lot of volume. We care about volume. We talk about Deontay Johnson. He only had what, like 200 more, tar- or, I'm sorry, 20 more, 15 more targets than Juju did. I mean, he's got a great floor. And I really think he, he screams just um, what CD lamb is. They're defined roles as slot receivers who get a lot of catches and can do what they can. I know CD's probably a little more shifty and, and can probably make uh, better plays after the catch, but these guys are very, very similar in their offenses. They get a bunch of catches. They'll get a bunch of targets. They'll get a bunch of short yards, but they'll be there, especially for PPR. I, I, 
I probably need to be higher on Juju, honestly. I think I do. But um, yeah, there's there's not a lot wrong with him, honestly. He gets the targets. He is an offense that has a lot of volume. There's a lot wrong here. I don't know what we can say against him, honestly. 10,000 points for Terrell for swaying Jesse now to move up uh, Juju in the rankings. And uh, look, the fact of the matter is that Ben's coming back with a robotic arm anyway, so it doesn't matter. Every Steelers wide receiver is about to uh, benefit from Big Ben's uh, $10,000 arm that he's going to come back with. Uh, speaking of somebody coming back, we now know that Aaron Rodgers will return to Green Bay. I think if all the reports that we're reading read out correctly, I don't know. Uh, it's still, I no. Nobody's okay. I don't know. I just saw a couple that, that said he was coming back. Maybe that's premature, but uh, I guess that all depends now on how good MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to perform. He is going off at wide receiver 98. I don't know what to feel about this. And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, I certainly don't know. Um, but Jesse, let's start with you. Tell me about your MVS take. To be fair, I, I don't have too too much of a, a big take on MVS. I'm I'm not a huge fan really of the talent. Um, I'm not really sure where he is in the wide receiver pecking order. It seems like Devonte Adams gets like a billion targets um, every game and ends up with a billion targets. Um, I, I think he might be better with Lazard. But the thing about MVS that I think he stands out, I think he had the third highest um, A dot in the NFL last year. So he's just a deep receiver. That's really cool. I love him in best ball. I love all that stuff. It's really easy to get him there. Like I said, wide receiver 98. So I think he'll have big weeks sometimes. Um, but he, I mean, he's pretty much free. So if you really believe that he's like the number two on a green by offense, that should be good. I think even with Jordan Love, if he has to play for some point or for like the first few weeks, Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. I still like Jordan Love a lot. He, I think, is still my third best uh, quarterback in this class. I know that's session for another time but or the 2020 class and a discussion for another time but it is what it is um Jordan Love has a pretty big arm too so I like that um but yeah if, if you believe in him go ahead and take him he's free um he he gets the ball deep if you like him go for it um I I think I like other late round stabs a little bit better but you know he's free whatever take him if you believe is he too high or too low Terrell what do you think Shoot, I think he still might be too high at wide receiver 98 <sighs> if you ask me I'm that's not MVS doesn't profile as a wide receiver that I even want to take a shot with in redraft at all. Yes, like uh, Jesse said, I love him in best ball. I absolutely love him in best ball. There's probably going to be a week in there too where he vaults into the top 20 even better by getting a few deep balls and touchdowns, especially if Aaron Rodgers comes down. Now, here's the thing. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Now, is that what does that outlook look like? What does Jordan Love look like? Now, I think the community is really, really crapping on Jordan Love right now. And I hope Jordan Love comes out and balls out. It shows everybody, hey, I was still worth that top, that uh, first round draft pick. But MVS as the guy, I don't know. Remember, they drafted a guy from Clemson named Amari Rogers this year. And he's really freaking good at football. Like, he's really, really good at football. And he's going to come in and dominate touches. Like, there's not going to be long. Uh, before this guy is in that wide receiver three rotation as possibly the second wide receiver, even eclipsing not only MVS, but Alan Lazard as well. And I can't forget that Alan Lazard missed time last year. He was injured last year. Like this is a reason that MVS finished as wide receiver 55 because they just had nobody else to throw the ball to. So he got a lot of looks and a lot of targets that he just normally doesn't get. So I don't know, adding the Amari Rogers feature, adding that I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there as well. Uh, I don't think MVS is is worth it. I don't even think he hits, you know, that pinnacle. He probably has a couple deep balls every now and then, but I, I don't see it, guys. 
You know, I only added his name because he is one of those sexier names that I've seen thrown out there. Everybody likes to take that late round flyer on him. And so at 98, I don't know. I mean, again, uh, the 5,000 points, by the way, to Jesse for throwing out best ball. We love best ball here at the SGPN. Uh, love us some underdog fantasy. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, he is one of those guys that if he's sitting around in the last few rounds of that underdog draft and you just want to throw your last pick at him, I mean, it's it's probably not going to hurt you because he's going to have some big weeks. And with best ball you don't have to worry about picking those good weeks because when he blows up it's already counted for you so um at wide receiver 98 though in redraft i, I think i'm with terrell i don't i don't know that i'm touching him i don't think i want to but again that's somebody that some that people do know that they say hey well he's gonna have some big weeks so maybe i pick him up on a, on a waiver or whatever but yeah mvs especially if aaron Rodgers is not on board not somebody i'm willing to touch Whew, we have nailed this, man. This is a, 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 you guys are the first time where I've had two people on the show where I haven't had to do anything other than kind of bounce it back between you guys. So thank you for being the uh, inaugural folks in this sort of format that we got going on, which I think I like. What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I like that you said, I think we, we talked about this a little bit, just going you know back and forth real fast. You, know, you get it out. There's no funny business. You just get the facts out. I like that. Um, I think that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. I had a ball. It's it's a great time. Uh, Jesse was was on it. Made me feel like I had to be on it even more, like with his stats and stuff like that. So I love it. I love it. All right. Well, the grand winner of this one is Terrell because I'm a company man and I've got to give it to him this time. Uh, Don't expect that every time. But Jesse, again, you brought the heat. I love it, man. This was a lot of fun. So why don't you tell everybody, Jesse, where they can find you and all of your amazing analysis uh, and more of what you've dropped today. Yeah, yeah. Um, you hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Baking Games Jesse. Um, on Twitter, I have Big Games Fantasy Sports, my website, and then I've got uh, Big Games Podcast, do all that stuff. Um, I'm an aspiring debate bro. If anyone wants to debate me on Justin Herbert, please give me a shout out. I would love to debate you and totally dom- dominate you. So there we go. <laughs> nice. Terrell, tell everybody where they can find you on social media and, of course, on, on the SGPN uh, world. Yeah, so you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at reallyrail underscore underscore. That is at reallyrail underscore underscore. You find me at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All my writings all over there. You can find me in the Slack channel, uh, um, on this feed, on the college experience, the college football experience, college basketball experience. Find me over there as a cameo every now and then. So, yeah, I'm all over the world. Just let me know. That is correct. All right, both of you guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys out there for listening to this show as you always do. I hope you enjoy it each and every week as we enjoy bringing it to you. Of course, download the SGPN app right now. Get all the past episodes. Get all of the other episodes of shows that we got going on in the SGPN. Every day, man, those those notifications pop up. Podcasts happening every second of every day. You will never be bored with that SGPN app. So uh, again, make sure to join us. We're going to go to two a week here pretty soon. Holy cow. So we're going to pop up on your feed uh, more and more and more. So uh, be sure to keep an eye out on that app for the new episodes. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks, Terrell. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you, guys. I can't say it enough. We'll see you next time and let it ride. Let it ride.